Hello and welcome to the Estate Agents Podcast where I'm joined again by my co-presenters Stephen Brown. Morning Stephen. Morning, how are you? Very good my friend and yourself. Excellent, thank you. And of course Luke Sinclair. Good morning Mr Overman. And today we're joined by not one but two very special ladies. They are Kelly and Laura from Love Property. Love Property is based in the garrison town of Catterick, North Yorkshire. They are in a unique position where they're the only agents in the town and following their market dominance, obvious market dominance in that town, opened a second office in 2017 in Richmond, just a couple of miles down the road. Good morning, ladies. Morning. Good morning. So tell us a little bit about yourselves and your background. Okay, so I'm Laura and um, my background was originally in um, the banking sector. So I was an IFA um, and um, I did that for quite a lot of years um, before going into a state agency 10 years ago um, by, by accident, really. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's, that's my background, really. So financial services, first off. And then agency. So how did you stumble by Kelly? How did you meet Kelly? How did that marriage, that love property marriage um, intertwine? So um, I worked for a seven branch estate agent. So I would service all of their mortgage and financial services leads. And um, two of my best serving offices, Kelly was the manageress of those offices. Um, so that's how we met. Um, we always thought that we were, we were like the dream team. And um, yeah, so that's, that's how we started off. Brilliant. Kelly, what's your background? Okay, so, <clears throat> excuse me. So I am, um, well, you know, I'm the, one of the owners of Love Property. I have been in agency since finishing college. So I left sixth form, did some A-levels, didn't do that great in them, um, and kind of stumbled into a bit of work experience in an independent agency um, and loved it from the moment I started. It was just, it just worked for me. I was, yeah, totally got into it. And we, from that agency to a larger agency still independent but bigger and that's where I met Laura and I was made manager by the time I was 20 um by default really rather than by success um because the manageress left in a huff and I was the only other full-time member of staff um but yeah in at the deep end ran with it and loved it from the moment I started fantastic fantastic so what was the reason behind um, Love Property? Where did the name come from? And um, how come you set it up together? So as Laura said, we were friends when we worked together in the independent company we were working for. Um, we, we got on really well and we used to pretend that we were the dream team and we used to joke about it because our offices were the best in terms of sales and in terms of mortgage leads. So that was kind of what we did. That company, unfortunately, fell completely apart in 2008. So it made, I think, in the region of about 65 people redundant. Um, about a week before redundancies and the company closed, Laura said to me, why don't we set up our own? I said, yeah, all right then, let's, let's give it a go and we'll save up as much money as we can and we'll figure it out from there and, and when we've got it all kind of up and running we'll we'll say right guys we're leaving and we're opening up on our own and I think it was about five days later I got the call to say that actually I didn't have a job anymore <laughs> so I had no warning we had no savings we had no planning time we just kind of we went from being in a job to not being in a job um, so we thought well we might as well give it a bash now 
That's brilliant. And where did the name Love Property come from? Well, that's interesting. Um, so we spent a couple of hours brainstorming some ideas and we came up with some that we thought were great. And we went to um, Business Link, if you remember those guys, the kind of government business advisors. Yes. We went for a meeting and we were like, so this is the name of our company. This is what we're going to do. And the guy, bless him, he just went, that's rubbish. You can do better than that. Like, oh, okay. Um, so the company name that we, what he said we needed to do is tell people what we do and how we feel about it by the name. So there's no kind of thinking about what we do. It's obvious. It's right there. What do you feel about your job just in the name of your company? And that's where it came from. Wow. That's fantastic. So you started off from scratch. Um, how did the first properties come along? <laughs> we opened, well, as you, as you know, I think we opened on Valentine's Day. So um, the day that we opened our window displays that we'd bought from a office auction for companies that had gone out of business. Um, I think we paid £2 for most of the things that we had in the, in the office. Um, and the windows had nothing in them. We were completely empty. We had no stock. We had nothing to start with. Um, and we sent Valentine's cards to everybody that was on the market with other agents to say, we're opening. This is your Valentine invite to come and see us. And as a result of that, quite a few people came in and we got a lot of new business from there. That's fantastic. That's great. And um, especially because I know there's a few agents out there that are looking to, that are starting up. And the first question yeah. that always gets asked is, help, where are we going to get those properties from? So, no, that's great. So thank you for sharing that. Um, no and I think that we're, we were talking at the weekend with somebody and you've got um, Letter to Santa um, as well, yeah. which I think, Luke, is that something that you do? Yeah, so we do the Letter to Santa. We've done it for three, four years now. So we have one of Santa's post boxes or we have three of the post boxes in our offices where children can come in, drop their letter off to Santa. We will then make sure that Santa gets it and Santa writes back to them. Um, been really successful, um, even to the point, uh, and this is what makes it worth it for me, is that we were, a colleague was walking uh, to her car uh, one day last year and she said, oh, you work at Knightsbridge, don't you? Um, because she saw the name badge, because we all wear name badges. Um, and uh, she said, yes. Um, I just want to thank you for, for what you do with the grotto, but also the letter to Santa, because you've helped uh, my 11-year-old daughter believe in Santa for another year, and that means so much to me. So um, got us all a bit choked, but um, it just, just kind of means that it's all worth it. Um, so the letter to Santa is, is a brilliant community idea um, and to get real, real good engagement. Um, so, But I do love that. Uh, thing about the handwritten card, so the Valentine card. Um, I quite like that idea. So um, I've made that note. So come next Valentine's, I think a lot of our properties that are on the market with our competitors are going to be getting those Valentine cards as well. And I know in one of our other podcasts that we've recorded already um, with the amazing Rick Rushton, he talks about the power of a handwritten note or card. So, um, but what I really wanted to find out because. Um, Obviously, uh, Andy and Stephen know that I love videos and I love doing videos because I do think it's the way forward. I've been looking at some of your videos and I think they're absolutely excellent and what, what you're doing uh, to, to put yourself out there. One of them I saw where you gave the three top tips in order to help get you sold. Um, how are you using video in your agency and how do you feel it's benefiting you? 
We use um, agent um, video as much as we can, but um, content is a bit of an issue. Um, we don't get as much content um, out there as we want to. But um, I try and what I try and do is do things that are going to be actually relevant to people. I don't want to um, put out video that people are going to say, you know, you did a walk round of a property, which I think is great. But at the same time, I think that it's not that interesting. I don't really want to watch that so much. So I try not to put video out doing that. Um, but people need to get to know who we are. And I think it's a really good touch point for people to kind of put a face behind the agency and figure out who we are and what we're about and what we do. Sure. And I saw that you were uh, on, and again, another one of your videos, and this was Christmas related, where I think you were giving out um, free gin and tonics. Yeah, we did um, the Christmas market last year, which is again happening uh, this this weekend coming. And um, so we... We said to the, you know, to the market organisers, look, what can we do to get involved? And, um, you know, they were, I don't know, they were saying, well, you're an estate agent, what can you do? And we said, well, we want to give something away. You know, we're going to be there, we're going to be open. So um, we wanted to give away. So we got together with a local distillery. Uh, we bought gin and tonic from them and we gave it away. And they had a stall on the market. So um, we're really good at selling stuff. So we would give people a free gin and tonic and then send them up to the local distillery's gin stall, which um, apparently they made a killing that day, funnily enough. That's awesome, isn't it, to have that community linked back to it? And it sounds just like my kind of party as well. <laughs> and mine, and mine. <laughs> So, ladies, I understand that you're not experiencing the downturn in the market that perhaps the national picture is painting at the moment. And um, I wonder if you could explain why or why you think that is to our listeners. We're based in a garrison town. So um, what that means is we currently have where well, it's actually the biggest garrison in Europe. So what that means is we have 14,000 troops based here, plus their support staff, plus their families, plus everything else that comes along with that. Um, so we have a permanent 20% turnover of people moving in and out of the area. So it is a really unique position to be in. People have to move. They have really good job security. So the national influences economically and politically don't have the same impact in our area um, as, as I would say they would in other areas. So that puts us in a really good position to be, you know, permanently changing over of stocks. So whether that's sales or lettings, um, a lot of troops will buy houses here, live in them for a couple of years and then need to rent them out. So we then take over the management of the properties or sell them for them, depending on what they want to do. Okay. Brilliant. And you're the only office um, in Catterick, aren't you? But that led you to open a second office just two miles away yeah that's right where you're competing with eight other agents there what's the market like for you with that office it's more challenging I would say it's a more traditional market town so you have slower moving higher priced property um but it's really good. I think the way that the vision of our business is um, we operate very differently to to other agencies there. So um, we see them more as rivals than competitors. And it's, um, you know, it, we just offer something different. So I think that, yeah, the market's different there. And, and 
um, but we're different as well and, and we seem to be doing really well so far. I can't let you escape without asking the question because I know our listeners will want to know what's your point of differentiation? What's your USP? How are you different to everybody else? I think it's just just what we put into it. So we're not all about, so yeah, we're, we're a business, we're here to make money, but that's not what we're about. We're actually here to do a service to people and whether that's today or whether that's in five years time. Um, you know, I've often been on evaluation. I've actually talked to people out of selling their houses because it's not right for them. And I think that's a huge point of difference for us is, you know, yeah, we're here to make money and, and do what we've got to do. But at the end of the day, it's, it's you know, we're here to serve the local community. And I think that's a huge point of difference for us as a company. I totally, totally agree. And I rem- remember going back to my agency days where um, I would ask a question to the vendor, you know, can you afford to keep the property? And they looked at me and said, you're the only agent that's ever asked me that question. So I said, well, you know, this potentially is your pension. If you can afford to keep it, why not keep it? And about four or five years later, my managers would go along and they would say, um, just been to see such and such property. They asked whether you were still there because they did keep the property and they've been delighted with what's happened. And obviously the capital appreciation was fantastic. And again, I think it's spot on. It's all about it's all about the customer. Um, it's not about you. It's not about the agents trying to make a quick back and selling it. Um, and it is about the long term game. Totally, totally agree. Thank you. Um, you mentioned, um, you know, your challenge in the um, Richmond office. What other challenges do you have um, and how do you overcome them? So we have, um, I think, work life balance challenges. <laughs> As we're both mothers, um, my son is only four, Laura's kids are teenagers, in fact one of them doesn't live at home anymore, she's at university. Um, we have the sort of normal household jobs and chores and washing and ironing and all that kind of jazz that we kind of have to keep on top of, um, coupled with the, I think every mother feels the same guilt from being at work too long and obviously in this industry you have to put your hours in. So. Um, yeah, that kind of a challenge we face, we face quite a lot, um, generally speaking. But I think we also face a lot of challenges from the competitors. So we have a lot of animosity from local agents, people that are not understanding why we do what we do and how what they're doing isn't working. And, and I think the, the success that we've seen in our new office in Richmond has become a bit of an issue for a couple of the agents that cover that area. Um, and yeah, but I think everybody faces that the industry is mega competitive. So I don't think that's anything unusual, really. And how do you overcome that challenge? Because I'm sure there's um, other listeners out there that have exactly the same thing. What do you do to overcome it? The work-life balance challenge or the competitors? Most probably both, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I find hired help is a great cha- a great challenger Um to sort out work-life balance. We do a lot of um, online food shopping and I batch make all my meals and yeah, that kind of boring household stuff. The competitors, in fairness, we try not to really engage with it. We see ourselves as being, as Laura said, we're different. So we don't see that what they offer is the same as what we offer. And as a result of that, we can't compete. We're not competing. Um, Yes, we're doing the same job, but in such a different way that we kind of yeah, we sort of detach ourselves from that. We don't get involved in the kind of infighting between the agents and ringing up clients that we've lost and sort of slagging each other off. And 
we don't really get involved in market share. We're not really bothered about market share, to be fair. So yeah, there's a few ways of doing it, but it tends to be just stepping away from it. I get the real sense that for you ladies, um, it really is love property and it's yeah. about the customer journey, which is is phenomenal and it's a great business ethos. Um, like yourselves, I, I try not to get distracted about what's happening around me and agent can have a bigger market share. But at the end of the day, I think we've talked about it on previous podcasts, it's uh, profitability that counts. Um, how uh, certainly one way that I've addressed the work-life balance is I have three three evenings a week now non-negotiable where I'll be home at six o'clock and I'll spend between six and eight with my two dear little girls and then eight o'clock I'm back in my office and I'm, I'm you know, going through emails and such like it's um it's a difficult one I think it's one that faces all of us mm. in terms of um yourselves it's a very male orientated industry sadly um and do you feel that that's an advantage or a disadvantage to you as clearly passionate women in the industry? Um, I find it an advantage in terms of dealing with customers. Um, just, I don't know why it's a male-dominated industry because, in all honesty, I find that the vast majority of the time it's the female of a marriage that tends to decide whether people are moving or not or whether the family are going to change house or whether the family need to change for schools or all that kind of stuff those major life decisions tend to come down to the missus um I mean certainly when I've moved house my husband just said is there a garage he didn't really care about any of the other stuff so I think that being female we speak to the female side of a marriage which like I say they tend to be the decision makers um yeah I mean there's there's lots of uh, lots of things that that I think help us being women in business. Um, I think our attention to detail on things like photography is a big deal. I mean, Laura, that's really your area of expertise if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think the attention to detail that we have is absolutely huge and it makes the difference between someone getting the maximum that they possibly can for their property and not doing so um, on a daily basis. i troll through right move as we all do and I'm literally horrified at some of the quality of the listings that people put on and I do think a lot of that's attributed to being female um, I just think sometimes people are too quick to get property on they just want it on and done and I think it's slow to market and quick to sell with our agency which is a huge thing for us um, that's phenomenal yes yeah yeah, and I think I think it's not about speed. You know, if people say to me, how quickly can you get it on? I say to them, I'm not the right agent for you. Um, you know, that's not what we're about. We're here about getting you the most you can for your asset. And surely you would rather have it off the market for an extra seven days and make sure, you know, in the last month we've sold um, three properties in excess of the asking price by doing, um, you know, by following our marketing strategy and what we do. And I think it's really important that you don't get distracted, as the great Tom Panos says, you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. Um, and, and I think that's very, very true with property. You know, you have to structure that launch to the market. And I've seen your guys marketing and I've seen, you know, what you do um, pre-market and launch. I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, as we were saying off air, some of my my best valuers and, and certainly best colleagues have been female. And, and I, for one, think it's a shame that there, there, there aren't more women in the industry because I think it does add that softer, um, more interpersonal touch. Um, and I think agents are missing a trick. I've got two ladies in my office and I think that uh, we've got two ladies, two gentlemen, uh, including myself. And I think that dynamic really, really works for us. So um, yeah. it's great to see what you ladies do. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, we have a nine strong workforce and we only have have one male in that nine strong workforce and it's it's a brilliant company. And I think that a lot of um, our staff have a lot of empathy for the tenants and the buyers and the sellers and something that I don't think that you get from a man, to be honest. No, in a, in a male orientated environment, it can sometimes be sort of, you know, high testosterone, quite assertive, aggressive. And I think that softening and that balance is is absolutely critical. And, and quite clearly, it's it's working for you guys. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Luke. Yeah, so I think that's um, there's some great morals, ethics, and um, I can certainly see your your motivation there um, and certainly put wanting to put that customer first at the centre of everything that you're doing. Um, one thing I'm keen to, to kind of drill down on is, is what kind of training and development and learnings um, do you have on, with yourselves, but also with the team? What kind of investment are you making there? So we are, personally, Laura and I are on a constant learning curve. We are, we never stop absorbing information we constantly watch youtube videos listen listen to podcasts we do various training courses um yeah it's it's a constant thing and every time we learn something new we try and implement it into the business as quickly as we can um the poor staff bless them they don't know whether they're coming or going sometimes because we change things that frequently but it's it's a changing industry it's a changing world so you've got to kind of try and keep up i think um we yeah we're constantly on on the improvement of everything we're trying to fine-tune everything we do and with the staff we keep in touch with them weekly with kind of new little ideas and 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 small things that we can teach them quickly Um, and like I said the small improvements that we can make for little things like processes within the business Um, and then we do at least once a month we do a bit more of an intensive maybe a couple of hours of training and then once every three months we have a full day of um, training sometimes it's Laura and I training them. Sometimes it's more kind of um, webinars and out-of-office stuff. It's Yeah, it really just depends on what's happening at the time. Do you get a staff buy-in as well, Kelly? Um, you know, are, are your staff keen to learn? Are they jumping on the podcasts? We have, um, we've got core values within the business and one of the core values is to smash it. So we want people to smash it all the time. We want people to learn and move with the times and, and be at the forefront of everything. Um, it's difficult to get the guys to buy into it because, you know, they've got their own lives. And I mean, we live and breathe this, but that they have a family and a life outside of work. To them, it's not a business, it's, it's employment. So, yeah, that is quite tricky to kind of get people to get on board. Um, but it, it's, it's part of what we do. And if people are not in for self-improvement, then really they can't work for us. It's pretty harsh, but sure, no, not not the right fit, not the right. You know, you've you've got to fit with the company culture, and quite clearly, you are um, two ladies that like to be ahead of the curve, Um, and I think that's that's admirable. So, ladies, your three top tips. We're heading towards twenty nineteen now. Many predict it could be challenging year, possibly not not as much for your um, Catterick office, but possibly the Richmond office. We've got certain challenges coming up. Dare I mention the Brexit word that's on everybody's lips at the moment. So your three top tips for getting ahead in 2019. Okay, so my top tip for um, 2019 is don't focus on yourselves. Play the long game. 
everyone moves house at some point and do a good service for them. So don't be there to quickly take a take a fee right now. You want to be there and, and give them the best possible advice. You know, what advice would you want if you were you were going to move home? I love that. Nurture long term leads, not just the here and now business and, and really care for the client. Kelly, your next top tip. Okay, my next top tip is consistency in the marketing. Um, we try and send, I think everybody does, the 2020 letters, your canvassing letters, blog posts, newsletters, all that kind of stuff. Don't just send one. Sending one letter saying, please come and use my company, and then not sending them another one for, what, months, weeks? I don't know. That's not going to make any difference. People want consistency to know that you can keep up with what you're saying you're going to do. If you're going to write blogs, write blogs on a regular basis. If you're going to do Facebook lives, do them regularly. So yeah, consistency. It's amazing, isn't it? You know, how many agents jump in when they've got a lack of instructions or, you know, they wait until it's situation critical before implementing and, and, and actioning anything. But consistency in the background and I know Luke that's something that, that you believe uh, very heavily in and, and Stephen what gets scheduled gets done um, Luke how do you ensure that consistency in your business um, yeah it is one of the hardest things to, to keep getting consistent but you, I think by bringing everyone in on it to explain well look when you're inconsistent that's where you do get your peaks and troughs so where, where you are uh, scratching around for listings or scratching around for sales whereas if you do keep that consistency up and you can demonstrate that look this is when we've been consistent look at the instructions look at the sales your income's then not going to be affected if we're keeping that consistent uh, approach to the leaflet drops to videos to um, news articles um, community events then you everyone reaps the rewards for that don't they yeah, I think it goes back as well to playing the long game. So you're being consistent, you're sending these letters, but you're not after, you don't ask people to come and use your business straight away. It's not a, hi, we're Love Property, come on board with us. They've not chosen you for a reason, whatever that reason might be. But in six weeks, eight weeks, maybe years down the line, they might come back. So you've got to play the long game with your consistent marketing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and it's. I think Gary V talks about it, just give, 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 give. Um, and then eventually that customer will be ready to, to transact with you. But, but don't do it to transact with them, just do it to provide value and the customer will make their own uh, decision. I love Gary V. And his actual, <laughs> we, all, we, all love, we all love Gary Bay, I think. His, his actual phrase is, you don't ask a girl out on the first date or you don't kiss on the first date or something. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm sure Andrew's not done that. Absolutely you, not. Never, 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 never at all. So your final top tip, ladies, heading into 2019. How how, uh, how are our listeners going to smash it um, with, uh, with, with your final top tip? The final top tip we have is put Summit back into the community. So I'm very much a believer of, I know it's easy to just sponsor a golf club or sponsor the local football team or something like that. But I think it's actually the personal effort that you put in. Um, two weeks ago, Kelly and I manned a military wives choir in a in a local leisure centre on a Friday night um, because they were singing at part of the remembrance service and we stood on their stool selling stuff for them. We didn't have any of our promotional stuff. We were there with our military wives choirs on. Neither of us are in it. We pay for their music every year. And it's just about 
um, putting stuff back into the community without with it with authentically you know don't do it because you want people to know who your business is you do it because your business has taken money from that community and you want to you want to put something back really you want to give it back and I, I think that that will come in payback you know in tenfold for your company it does absolutely and you know I know that we run several community events throughout the course of the year um, and some of those it's appropriate to to be branded and and some not. And I think it's really interesting that that you have identified that and run with it. For example, we run the Fusion event every year, which is a a huge get together, seven and a half thousand raised for charity this year. And that's very much a platform for us to get our brand and our our message and our image out there. It's on the front of the T-shirts, the water bottles. We have a stand on the day. But then in contrast to that, um, sadly, my office has been affected more than we'd care to uh, think with cancer uh, over the years. Um, and we came together for Thetford's biggest Macmillan coffee morning. And that was completely non-branded. Um, it wasn't about the company. It was about the whole community coming together to raise money for um, a vital charity. And, and, and we did just that, two and a half thousand in, in three hours in the morning. Um, but I think it's really interesting that yourself, Laura and Kelly, have identified that it's not always about the branding and the promotion. Sometimes there is the subliminal marketing, the trust, the authenticity to what you're doing, which adds value to your local area. And I know it's something that Luke's got heavily involved in. We were a little bit late at jumping onto the podcast today, Luke, and um, perhaps you'd like to explain to the to the listeners why. Yeah, so um, I'm now running for president of Odeby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the digital mayor becomes the physical mayor. Come on, it's a mage job if so, things carry on um, like this, Luke. Oh, uh, let's not get political, Stephen. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I, I think that's one job uh, I wouldn't want. So, no, don't fancy that, Luke. No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't think many people would, to be fair. Um, so, with um, with uh, on the community um, side of things, we we regularly support or annually support the OB Festive Light Switch On. Um, so, we've done it for the past three years where we host Santa's Grotto. So we turn the office into a grotto, um, into a magical experience, and we donate all of the proceeds from that. So we don't take a penny out for costs or running costs or anything like that. And all of that money goes to Rainbow, so local children's hospice. So this year we raised from OB 900 pounds that went to Rainbows. Um, but on off the back of that, there was no Christmas tree in OB for the switch on. And well, you can't have a town centre without a Christmas tree. The ones last year got vandalised, so we got together a group um, as part of our Love Odeby uh, campaign to get a Christmas tree. So a week later, or a week and a day later, there is a 20-foot Christmas tree in a big concrete pot that's just turned up. Uh, I've been there with Radio Leicester this morning just to talk about it, um, and I was there decorating it on a Sunday morning, um, decorating the pot um, and tinsel and things just to make it look a, a little bit pretty, and people were stopping me in the street saying, oh, it's brilliant there's a tree here make sure you thank uh, everyone involved won't you and and things and it and it was great and it was great to just have something that should have took me 15 minutes i was there for about an hour and a half just talking to different people stopping in the street and it was brilliant absolutely brilliant so that's i get a great buzz from helping the local community fantastic Laura, Kelly, you have been fantastic guests. Um, If people have property to sell in Catterick or Richmond, North Dorshire, how can they contact you? 
they can contact us any way they like. Facebook and Instagram, I'm on 24-7, um, so they can... Uh, <laughs> know that feeling. Um, or they can ring either of our offices or email or whatever they want to do is absolutely fine. We literally love to help them, so... Brilliant. Ladies and gentlemen, that's um, Love Property, as I said, based in Catterick uh, and Richmond, North Yorkshire. Fantastic principal business with the community at the core of everything that it does. Um, that's just about it from us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for your little nuggets of inspiration. Hopefully, our listeners will be able to implement some of those back into their own businesses. Please, we're up to, I think, 28 ratings now on iTunes. So a shameless plug. If you like what you're hearing, please give us that five-star review. If you don't like what we're hearing, we do read those reviews as well. Um, but we kindly file them to one way in the bin. <laughs> Luke, have a fantastic thank week. You. Stephen, have a fantastic week. And Laura and Kelly, thank you for joining us on the Estate Agents you Podcast. Thank, yeah. you. thank you. Thank you.